Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is presented by Progressive Insurance, and it's a good day for a lot of different reasons. And my favorite of them all is that Mel Kuyper Jr. has a new mock draft available for you right now. 4.0, it's up on ESPN+. Plus. He is the man who is synonymous with the event itself, and he joins me live here on the Goodyear Hotline. Good morning again, Mel. Greeny, great to be with you. All right. I'm, I, I don't want to waste any time, but I'm going to anyway, <laughs> because we just had this ridiculous conversation on the show about what actor would play who in a movie, and, and the reason is because they're making a movie about Sean Payton, and Kevin James is playing him, which makes no sense to me at all, because he looks nothing like him. And Hembo brought up the question, it, when, they, when they, not if, but when they make the Mel Kuyper Jr. story, <laughs> what actor should play you? prefer greedy I'll, I'll let you make the call on it you and hembo can, can combine on that one how's that is there an actor you've been told resembles you I mean, everyone gets that right everyone gets oh you look like so and so do people tell I you i have never i've never had that greedy no one no one has ever <laughs> no, said any actor no, looks like you. no no you know who i get a lot i get i get uh catherine zeta jones people tell me they think <laughs> catherine zeta jones should play me okay here's what i want to do with you mel and and and, and, okay. and Anyone who is interested in the draft, if you're not listening to the first draft podcast with Mel Field and Todd McShay, then you're really not as interested as you think you are. It's the best. Um, and I'm looking forward to well, today's you, episode. Granny. Well, they come out every Tuesday, so I'm looking for I, yeah, I just basically yeah, how I mark yeah. the week. But I want to ask you a few questions that haven't been asked yet, because I feel like we've been doing a lot of the same stuff for these few weeks. Here's something that we came up with at the beginning of the show today. You project Mac Jones to go third overall to San Francisco, so do a lot of people. And it's, it's certainly very likely it could happen. But I brought up the question, what happens if he doesn't? If they do take, for example, Trey Lance, you know, they're the team that loves Mac Jones. But you have Mac Jones 12 on your big board, and, and McShay has him even lower right. than that. If it's Jones who doesn't go up there at the top, where do you think he goes? You know, I would say normally at Carolina, but now they have Darnold. Remember, uh, Matt Rule had him at the Senior Bowl practices and evidently loved him and had to love him because he had a great week. But he's got Sam. I would say New England, Greeny, would be the team. New England at 15, you've got to believe the Saban-Belichick connection with, uh, with uh, Bill Belichick had with Brady. I've always said, hey, it's not, he's not Tom Brady, but he resembles Brady when Brady came out of Michigan. Mac Jones does. I have to believe New England would be incredibly active trying to go way up to get Mac Jones. Jones. Okay, so if they, if they make the Tom Brady story, Mac Jones will play him. That's basically what you're telling us is he does. <laughs> yeah. He looks like Brady the way he plays. I agree with you on that. Would New England have to trade up to get him, or do you think they could stand pat at 15 and he would fall there? I don't think so, because remember, you have Washington at 19, Chicago at 20, Pittsburgh at 24, New Orleans. you got a lot of teams that if they saw Mac Jones falling, would be in a position then to jump up and get them long before New England picks at 15. So New England could not in my opinion, could not sit at 15 and see Mac Jones fall in their lap, just like I don't think they can sit at 15 and see Justin Fields fall in their lap. Greeny and Mel with you here. Let's roll on to the next topic. You brought it up. Davis Mills, to me, is – it would be overstating it to say he's the most intriguing prospect in this entire draft, but I will admit to being fascinated by him. He is the quarterback from Stanford of whom I knew basically nothing before I started studying all of this. And now I realize that four years ago, he was the number one high school quarterback in the country. He went to Stanford, he got hurt, and and then they barely had a season this year. So he's only started 11 games. But if that guy played another full college season, he could be the, I don't want to overstate it, Mel, but isn't he a guy who could be like a, a top pick in the draft? Doesn't he have that kind of talent? 
Well, he only had 11 career starts, right. and he's had some injuries. And, of course, he only played, when you think about this past year, you know, he didn't play a lot of games. He's only had, let's say, 11 starts. This year, though, when I saw him, when you go back to the Oregon State, you look at the Cal game, you look at the Washington game, I mean, he was really playing good football. Uh, I mean, every game this year, he was a 67% or higher, but one, he was at 55-4 against Colorado. Uh, he missed the first game because of COVID protocols. So, you know, you don't have a big sample size there. But David Shaw, I, thought, I brought up this this morning we were coming out of the draft like three years ago and i saw david he was at the draft and i said david what do you think uh, coach of, of davis mills and he looked at me like like oh he's going to be really good he's going to be really good and uh, that's coming from david shaw before he became a starter there's so like probably prior to 2018 or 2019 so uh this year i think as a captain it came together he was at 66 percent for the year uh he's got the talent i think when you look at where he can go i'm with you greeny it's it's not out of the question he could be the tampa bay Buccaneer pick or a late first round pick, not out of the question. Almost did that. I think second round is where I would more than likely see, figure he would come off the board. I have him to Washington, but there are several teams in the second round could look at Davis Mills, who to me, to me right now, Green is clearly the sixth quarterback taken in the draft. Me too. And, and, and again, I think when it's all said and done, he'll wind up being better than the sixth quarterback who gets drafted this year. The, the, the 11 starts is the reason he won't go that high, but I remain in with my prediction. Someone is going to take him at the end of the first round, whether it's someone who's there or someone who trades up to take him. The next question is, if there's a team that needs a quarterback now, and I'm thinking of the Bears at 20. Who did you give them at 20? You gave them Tevin Jenkins, offensive tackle yeah. from Oklahoma State, who plays like he's like like everyone on the field insulted him. <laughs> he, 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 that guy plays angry, and I love him. I absolutely love him. But could you see the Bears taking a quarterback like Kyle Trask there? No, no, I, no. I couldn't. And, and I would be very critical of a pick, and that, that would be something I would say that's a major reach. All the cliches would come out. Uh, Kyle Trask, to me, I give him a lot of credit. What he accomplished this year, outstanding. He also had Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Toney to throw to. Uh, he's a guy certainly has the size. He's, he's competitive. He's pretty accurate. But the arm strength is not great. He locks on at times. He threw 15 interceptions over the last two years. I think at best a second or more than likely a third. Uh, mixed opinion on him. Some think he's a fourth rounder. So to me, Greeny, I don't see him in the first round. I think at best second. I almost gave him to Tampa Bay at the end of the second. I did not. And there's also another quarterback by the name of Kellen Mond mm-hmm. from Texas A&M that some, uh, my good friend Todd McShay, loves Kellen Mond. Uh, Jim Nagy loves Kellen Mond. I'm not sold on Kellen Mond as a successful starting quarterback down the road. So a lot of mixed opinion on him as well. He's from Texas A&M, and your buddy Todd, Todd, Todd also likes a quarterback named Jamie Newman, who had a very good year at Wake Forest and transferred I do to as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. where do you like him? I think he would have been a much higher pick had he played this year. He went from Wake Forest to Georgia, didn't play. Go back to 2019, which I did, and looked at him there. Dual threat. I mean, he made some spectacular throws on the move. He had, obviously, a a really good year for the Demon Deacons. Had he played at Georgia and played well, I think he could have been, at worst, a second-round pick. You're probably going to see him, I'll say, somewhere on day three. You're going to probably see him in that fourth to sixth round. But Jamie Newman is that quarterback that we've kind of forgotten about, that if you go back to 2019, you're getting him probably three to four rounds later than he probably would have gone. Greeny and the great Mel Kuyper again, his uh, mock draft 4.0 is available on ESPN+. Plus. I could do this for 27 hours at this point, but I'm going to go through, let me very quickly go through some names that a lot of casual fans may not know yet, Mel, but but let's talk about, if I told you right now that based upon the tape I've watched and, and the, the increasing significance of the position he plays, 
that I think Trayvon Merrick, the safety from TCU, is a guy who should go in the first half of the first round, or at least is that good a pl- I think could be as good as any defensive player in this draft. Do I have it wrong? No, you don't. No, you don't. It's just the value of the safety position in today's NFL. Uh, the fact that the Raiders at 17, I thought about that, but then the offensive line issues prevented me from giving them to the Raiders. So I got him down to Jacksonville. But I've been steady. Trayvon Merrick has been a, a pick to the Jacksonville since I think I started with Mach 1.0. Uh, it's been consistent. So, yeah, I would say if he's there at that point, he's clearly the best safety in this draft. Richie Grant from UCF uh, would be the second highest rated safety. Uh, there's a kid, Ardarius Washington at TC you could be a nickel, could be a safety, a little undersized, but a heck of a player. He could be in the second round mix. But you're right to say that Trayvon Merrick, and I had one team uh, one uh, this past week say, in their opinion, Trayvon Merrick is the best defensive player in this draft. One other name I want to, oh, I'm so glad to hear that because it means I'm watching this tape right. One other name I just want said in this conversation that a lot of fans probably don't know is the, is the name Zaven Collins, who's a linebacker from Tulsa that I've fallen in love with who is insanely athletic. His pro day was through the roof, as they all seem to be. He rushes the passer and covers. He has sacks. He has picks. Um, You have him at the end of the first round. Give people a quick thumbnail on on a name they're going to hear that they may not know, Zayvon Collins. The length and I think the versatility is going to make Zayvon Collins a guy that goes in that range. I had him at Cleveland at one point at 26, New Orleans at 28, inside, outside. Now, he didn't get a ton of sacks, but I think when you look at the way he moves and the way you can move him around and utilize him in a lot of different ways, I think defensive coordinators will really like him. I know John Gruden always talked about how valuable linebackers like Zayvon Collins are. So I could see him at, at nine, anywhere between, say, 19 and 28. Greeny, and I think 28's as far as I think he'll go. I got him to New Orleans. Uh, like I said, I had him to Cleveland, and he is one of the really good defensive players in this draft. I, I, I At one point, I was thinking, ah, could he drop to the early second? I don't think so. I'm with you. I think he goes late first round. All right, Mel Kuyper again. I look forward to the first uh, draft podcast, and I will see you tomorrow for this meeting that we have, and I couldn't be more excited about it. Thank you, Mel. Always great talking to you, Greeny. Have a great day, Pat. Mel Kuyper. I'm still trying to figure out who should play him in the movie. I'm presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive's home quote explorer gives you multiple quote options so you can pick what's right for you. See for yourself at Progressive.com. Coming up, when is a championship ring not a championship ring? I'll answer that question next on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. 
All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, presented by Progressive Insurance with guests like Mel Kuyper, who was just with me on the Goodyear hotline. By the way, Ryan Hurley from New York uh, recommends that Ben Affleck play Mel Kuyper. Oh, Mel is handsomer than in the movie. Ben He's, Affleck. Uh, no, that's not true. That's <laughs> not true at all. Uh, Mel is very handsome, but so is Ben. So I think that's a good casting. Meanwhile, we have news, and it's terrible. Um, the news has just come in from Denver that Jamal Murray did tear his ACL. This is, well, it is in this order. The last thing in the world the Nuggets needed, and it's the last thing in the world the NBA needed. The NBA does not need to lose a superstar player at this stage when already so many guys are hurt and everything else. And, and that's the bigger picture. The more immediate picture is the Nuggets are a team that a lot of people, myself included, have identified as a real threat in the Western Conference to what we have perceived to be the big boys. Actually, they are the big boys. They're right there. And there's no reason that they aren't every bit as dangerous, I think, as Utah or Phoenix would be to a healthy Lakers or Clippers team. But now they're not because they're not healthy anymore. Jamal Murray, a torn ACL, we all know what that means. So that's just terrible news. That's just coming across. Maybe we'll try and call up Wendy or somebody and get a quick thought or two on it. But that's, that is the news that's just come across in the last few minutes. And it's just awful. It's just awful, and I feel terrible. And the, the, it's such a tough season for the league, and they just don't need this. You just don't need to have one of your best players going down. So what can you say? That, that's the news that just came across in the last little while, and it's just awful. Jamal Murray, torn ACL in Denver, out indefinitely, but obviously he will not be back this season. All right, next. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. Question of the day is this. Why do they have rings for people who aren't champions? I, I will admit I was made felt to feel better by the fact that Hembo didn't know this either. So Hembo, let me explain to everybody how this became a thing. So we have a group text that involves the people on the radio show. And it's, it's everyone whose names you know and a few other people, Nuno and, and Devin and Hembo and uh, Bubba and, and then a few other people. And at one point, Hembo, what did you, you, you sent in a picture of? Of the Tampa Bay Rays receiving their... American League championship rings from last season. They won the pennant last season. And I just asked the group, are we good with this? Yeah. And and immediately, Ray, little Ray, a.k.a. Cuffy Von Cohort, uh, sends in, you know, that's a thing. All teams get them. And immediately, pictures started flying back and forth in this group chat of, like, the St. Louis Cardinals National League championship ring from one year and all these other ones. And I thought to myself, well, if you didn't know that, then I don't feel so bad that I didn't know that. All these years, I didn't know that. That teams that win a pennant but lose the World Series get a league championship ring. And I thought to myself, are we good with that? That's the question of the day. Are we good with that? And I will turn first uh, to Bubba, uh, because many people may not know this, but but Bubba actually at one time before he left this industry to uh, pursue his lifelong dream of working in radio was actually a a, a well-known gemologist. And, And he actually worked in the area of jewelry and the creation of rings, design of that sort of thing. And so you know a lot about this. So rings are obviously something that is very near and dear to your heart, Bubba. But the Mets, for example, just a few years ago, they won the pennant. Yeah, they did. They lost the World Series. Oh, sad. And the question is, do you believe there should be a New York Mets National League champion ring? Would you want one of those rings? Um, You know, I'm fine with them getting the rings to be honest it actually doesn't i'm fine with the rings i'm i don't know if i would tweet it out and celebrate it but i think it's an accomplishment to win the the league 
So I, to I, win the pennant. Yes, yeah, a lot I, of things are an accomplishment. We don't necessarily have a ring <laughs> to commemorate them. There are a great many accomplishments that are not ring worthy. The question is: Is this ring worthy? I, th- I you know what? I think uh, I'm. I think it is ring worthy. I don't know. I mean, the I, but ring. I'm, I stop it. It's not tweet worthy though. Okay, so I'm you're definitely you're putting, saying it's not tweet worthy. You're putting tweet worthy on a level above ring worthy. You're suggesting to me that it's worth getting a ring, but it's not worth posting a picture of right. it. Right. I would have no. I have no problem if you're telling me the Mets got a ring for winning the pennant. But if you're telling me at Mets tweeted, "Look at our rings," I'd say that's terrible. So you're saying that they should have a ring, but they should be ashamed of it. No, just you're telling me they shouldn't be proud of it. So what is the point? I would then I would throw this question back at you. No, you can you can. You still have to tweet it out. You, you but my question is, by saying you don't want to tweet it, you are you are at least tacitly suggesting that you should be ashamed of the existence of this ring in the first place. No, that's not what I'm saying. It's like it's like you know, it's like being a foodie. Which how's that going, by the way? Well, it's very well. But but don't change the subject on me here. I'm asking you a pretty simple question. And I've if answered it. If simply. no, but your answer stinks. Here's the reason why: because you're telling me that they should have a ring. But they should basically try and keep that to themselves. And I'm asking you. Because they earned it. It was an accomplishment. They won the NL. It was a great job. Great job, boys. Right. And they deserve a ring. There's a lot of different ways you can give them the attaboy that you're talking about here, up to and including whatever financial they get paid for. You get money for winning the the league championship. But you don't have to have a ring. A ring is a pretty – that's like having a statue. Like, there's another level. Statue is another level. Well, I don't know level. if it's like a statue, because I think that's a completely different... It is different. like a statue in the sense that when we think of a statue, we all think of the same thing. You all think a statue is for immortals, right? You don't give statues for people who are very good. You right. give statues for people who are all-time greats. Yes. Rings are for champions, right? When you think... When I say Michael Jordan has six rings... Well, let me ask you a question. How many rings does LeBron have? If I said to you right now, LeBron has 10 rings because he's won six league championships, or in his case, conference championships. If I tried to say LeBron has 10 rings, you would laugh me out of the conversation, wouldn't you? Correct. Uh, so the question is, how many rings, uh, you know, let's, what's a team that's won a bunch of pennants and lost a bunch of World Series? Give me a team that was in, I'm just trying to think, how many rings would you say that team has? I I, 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 the, 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 I don't know. I can't think of one. It doesn't really lend itself to this conversation in baseball the way it does in basketball. But I'm just saying, to me, the ring signifies a championship. I don't even like it when they hang banners. I don't like a banner that says we won the division, you know? <laughs> like, like, if you go to a lot of arenas, the Knicks have them. They have, like, you know, Eastern Division champions, 1980-whatever. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, why are you hanging a banner for that? That doesn't seem banner-worthy. Like the banner, the ring, the statue. Am I crazy? You're not crazy. That's what I thought, too. When I first saw it, I was surprised, though, that it was as popular as we discovered. Well, it seems to me now they always give the rings for winning the pennant. And, I, again, I'm, I'm, I am taken aback. I'm nonplussed by this. And I don't think they should have them. In fact, I'd like to, Bubba, and I'd like to put together a committee to look into the elimination of the uh, the presentation of these rings. And I would like you to chair that committee if you have the time. I mean, it would save a lot of silverware. That's exactly right. That's not silverware. <laughs> it's not. They're not forks, knives, and spoons. It would save potentially what silverware i know what you meant by that it would save a lot of silver if indeed the rings are made of silver i don't even know what they're made of one way or another no rings 
Can we agree on this? You didn't win a championship. It should not be a ring. I don't know if we can agree, but. I know we're agreeing. You don't get a championship ring. You get a pennant ring. Well, you can have a pennant ring, but who wants that? Like a friendship ring. That's what I'm trying to say. Who wants a friendship? You don't wear. You know who doesn't wear a friendship ring? Married people. Married people <laughs> don't wear friendship <laughs> rings. Okay, so champions don't wear pennant winner rings. You're making my yeah, point. Well, the goal. I, I agree. Their goal is to get the ultimate ring, but you know, it's looking back like, hey, yeah, 2015. NL champs. All right. You wear that one with pride. And we'll have this conversation as we continue. Um, up next, I'm told there's something I need to hear about. We'll get to that. We're busy today. Just stay there. We're having fun. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do. You do. We all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Greeny, the podcast. My name is Greeny, and we are coming to you live, as always, from above the Heineken River deck at Pier 17, and we are busy. Uh, we are trying to figure out what actor would play Mel Kuyper in a movie, and someone suggested to us, you got it from Twitter, and it's a perfect one, Eugene Levy. Eugene <laughs> Levy is brilliant casting. I happen to love Eugene Levy. I always have. Going back to the old days of SCTV, he was in a bunch of really funny movies with John Candy, and he is very well known to a younger generation, including my kids, because he is the star of a, of a terrific TV show called Shit's Creek. If you haven't watched it, it's great. Um, I love that show. And his son, Dan, is also stars on it and wrote and created it. So he's awesome. So Eugene Levy as Mel would be fabulous. Okay, a <laughs> couple of pieces of business we have to get through here today as we continue to figure out what is and isn't ring worthy, what is and isn't statue worthy, all that stuff. I think I actually did something I've never done before. I think I argued down Bubba. Bubba, who many people may not know, has actually written several books on debate. He is an extraordinary debater. He's he's won many prizes for that over the course of time. But I think I did actually convince you that having a ring for winning a league championship, i.e. the Buffalo Bills having four rings but never having won a Super Bowl, 
I don't think that's ring worthy. I, I think if we called up Jim Kelly right now and asked him where those rings are, I'm guessing he wouldn't know the answer. I think you're wrong. I think he knows exactly where they are. I don't think you've convinced me anything because, like I said, I just found that the NFL does it too. They all do it. I think the only thing we found out is the Rays were the first team who tweeted it, which was weird and annoying. But it's just a it's a normal part of sports history. You win the league, you get a ring. It's a very difficult thing to do. You get a ring. It's not the ultimate ring, but you get a ring. So let me let me just say this: sure. there's only one ring. Like rings are not something. Well, it turns of which, out there are more than one. There's no silver medal in this. Like we're not handing out medals. This is a ring. There's one. You either win a championship or you don't. A ring signifies a championship. I don't like that it's there the are AFC rings. AFC championship for anything or the less NFC than that. Championship or the NL or the, so. And let me once again point is. out the ludicrous nature of your argument that the problem here is not the ring but the tweet that 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 one should yeah, the accept the ring. But be too ashamed to tell anyone you have it. I'm not, you're not ashamed. Dude. That tells you everything you need to know about the ring, Bubba, if you, if you want to keep the fact that you have it a secret. You're not ashamed. You just don't need to, you just don't need to tweet it out. There's just no point for that. It's just stupid. <laughs> it's not, you're, it's you're, not, it doesn't have to do with being ashamed. You just don't need to tweet what you're doing. It goes back to, I don't need to tweet when I go out for a walk. You just don't need to tweet what but you're doing. But people do is what I'm trying yeah, to say. and those people are terrible. But, so you don't tweet when you're eating. You don't tweet when you're going for a drive. You don't tweet when you got a ring. You don't need to tweet what you're doing. Bubba, the Rays did it. Goodies do it. <laughs> you don't need to do it. You don't need to tweet what you're doing. So stop doing it. Bubba, let me ask you a question. Go on the Twitter feed of any team in the sport, in any sport, and look how regularly they tweet about everything they do, about everything that happens. These baseball teams will tweet the updates of their games in every half inning. Well, the updates of their games, yes. They are tweeting a picture of a the, championship ring live game, yes. that you are telling me is something of which they should be very proud. Why do you think this is the first time we've ever seen it? I don't know. I, I, that, that's why this whole thing puzzles me i'm confused and once again i'd like you to look into this uh, in a previous life uh, uh bubba you may not know was a private investigator and so you've done a lot of work in, in the area of uncovering uh information right. and i would like you to get to work on that okay meantime i have a few other things to do today steph curry last night became the warriors all-time leading scorer surpassing wilt chamberlain he scored 53 last night, Steph did. So first and foremost, congratulations to Steph, who is an all-time great and um, is just uh, you just love him. If you don't love Steph Curry, I, I can't help you. But I found with interest, Hembo, as he was preparing Get Up For Me this morning, uh, told me that that record, Will Chamberlain being that franchise's all-time leading scorer, was actually the oldest, how do we describe it, the longest standing? The longest standing among current and, uh, NBA franchises. The, me- meaning that Chamberlain, as the Warriors' all-time leading scorer, was the oldest one that existed. So I said to Hembo, look up some of the other franchise all-time leading scorers. I bet you there's some on there that would surprise us. So you came up with a few you think I'll have a trouble guessing? I have five, and I think that at most you'll get two. Okay, so you think I will get, at most I'll get two out of the five? That's right. I think they're pretty tricky. Oh, I think, I think you are underestimating me, but go ahead. Okay. We'll start with the Oklahoma City Thunder franchise, going all the way back to their Seattle days. Who is their all-time leading scorer? Okay, that's an interesting question because <laughs> it is obviously not Kevin Durant because if the answer was Kevin Durant, you wouldn't be phrasing it this way. 
So going back to their days in Seattle, I mean, the teams that won those championships were teams that had guys like like downtown Freddie Brown and Jack Sikma and 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 who were the other great players on those teams? That's the uh, Gus Williams, I think, was or was was Gus Williams one of the guards on that team? He wouldn't be their all time leading scorer. How long was Russell Westbrook there? Was Westbrook there longer than KD was? I mean, the, my immediate inclination is to say KD. Since I don't have a better guess, I will guess Russell Westbrook. The correct answer is Russell Westbrook. Okay. Very I'm well one done. for one. Good for you. There so, we go. <laughs> number two, you, you pepper the top ten. Number two is Gary Payton. Number okay. Two oh, I forgot. Payton. How did I forget Payton and Sean Kemp? I might have, I'm glad I didn't think of them because I probably would have guessed that. Okay. <laughs> go ahead. What's another team? All right. Another one that, that I found somewhat surprising is the Washington Wizards franchise. Who's their all-time leading scorer? Which goes back to the Washington Bullets, which goes back to the Baltimore Bullets. 60 seasons in total. Well, how? I mean, so if you're saying it's surprising, then you're telling me the answer isn't Elvin Hayes, which seems impossible for me to believe. It is Elvin Hayes. Well, how could that be surprising? As I was going through this list, I was just put, you know putting aside um, teams leading scorers. Elvin who, Hayes is top 10 guessed. all-time scorer in the entire NBA, I isn't didn't, he? he uh, but yeah, but there's but he didn't play his entire career for them. No, but that's how I always remember him. Okay. It was Hayes and Unseld okay. and those teams. So okay, I'm two for two so far. All Let's right. go, Hembo. All right. for, for whatever it's worth, Bradley Beal is already two on their all time. Okay, list. I wouldn't have guessed that. So he's already ahead of guys. How long did Monroe play for them? I don't know. Either way, I got it right. Go to the next one. <laughs> you did get it right. Who is the all time leading scorer for the Philadelphia 76ers? Okay. Now, this goes back 72 seasons, even right. before they were in Philadelphia. They're, they're, so, let, let's just go through some people it could be. It, obviously, it could be Allen Iverson. It probably isn't Julius Irving because he played for the Nets. I'm not sure exactly how long he was on. He came, he came to the Sixers. Well, he would have played for them a pretty long time, the more I think about it. He was, he was on the Nets in the ABA. Now, going back to previous generations, they had guys like would they have had guys like, would that have been like Hal Greer and, and all of those guys that played with Chamberlain, the 69 team that won the 69 games? Um, and, then, and then who would be before that? Uh, am, am, I, am I going back too far? Or, or is it, is it in, a, in a more recent era? Do, do, have I, do I not need to go back any farther? You've said the correct name. You just have to pick the one. Oh, back. all right. So then it, I, I think it's, it's either going to be Iverson, Julius Irving, I've said the correct name. See, I feel like if it was Iverson or Irving, you wouldn't think that that was a surprise. So I'm going to say Hal Greer. Hal Greer is correct. Oh, I'm correct. three for three. Oh my God. Let's go. This guy's unbelievable. Greeny is getting it done today. All right. Okay. I, I have two more. Go. Okay, I have two more. Yeah. Who was the all-time leading scorer for the Memphis Grizzlies? Oh. 26 seasons. <laughs> that goes back to Vancouver, right? It goes back to Vancouver. And, and that's it. They just were the Vancouver Grizzlies. That's, there was no previous. Right, they and Toronto came into the league the same Correct. year. Memphis and Vancouver. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. So the Vancouver Grizzlies, the Memphis Grizzlies, who the heck was on those teams? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think. They, they, uh, that's, not, that's, that's one I'm, I'm going to have a very difficult time with. Um, we've already established that it's not anyone obvious. Um, in, in the interest of time, I'm going to say I don't know. Give me that one. Give me a guess because it is recent. These are all recent guys. Give me a recent guy. Well, it would have to be relatively recent. They haven't been around that long. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I mean, the, the the guy that I'm thinking of is is named just the point guard from Ohio State. Um, uh, Mike Conley. Mike Conley is correct. Oh, Mike Conley, eleven thousand seven hundred thirty three points. For the Memphis Grizzlies, Marcus Solis two on that list, like less than hundred points and behind. Four him. for four at this point. Greedy right. is and, and and fuego. I have one more. One more. The the Nets, the Brooklyn Nets, fifty four seasons. We're not including the anything ABA. This is N- oh, so NBA. it doesn't include the ABA. No, the NBA version of the Brooklyn Nets. I will be astonished if you correctly right. the guess. Brooklyn, uh, the Brooklyn, the the NBA version of them would go back to the New York Nets, who then became the New Jersey Nets, Correct. who then became the Brooklyn Nets. Correct. So going back to those days when they would have had guys like, I'm trying to think, I mean, that would have been like Mike Newland and Butch Beard and people like that, I think, were on those teams. And who was the big center they had? So Swen Nader on those teams. Probably not going back to that. Who, who did they? They had Albert King and they had... Um, and they had the, the teams that went to the finals, the Jason Kidd teams that went to the finals, mm-hmm. like Richard Jefferson was on those teams. But mm-hmm. I don't, neither one of them, Jason Kidd wasn't there long enough to be their all, franchise's all time leading scorer. Um, why am I blanking on who else was on those teams? Uh, I'm having a hard. Um, Give me your best guess. My. my I know it's not going to be right, but just because I know I have one other thing I want to get to mm-hmm. today, I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd is fifth all time. The okay. Nets' all time leading scorer is Brooke Lopez. <laughs> get the hell out of Brooke here! Brooke Lopez is the Nets' all time leading scorer by four points over Buck Williams. Oh, okay. Well, I'm mad at myself for not thinking of Buck Williams, but but I would never. You know what? We could have been here till tomorrow, and I wouldn't have said Brooke Lopez. <laughs> So that, I, I, I say that one for last on purpose. That is a really good one. Okay, that's well played. Again, congratulations to Steph Curry, who is now the all-time leading scorer in Warriors, or Philadelphia Warriors slash Golden State Warriors uh, history. And um, it, 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 I would have thought that a guy like Rick Barry was going to be on that list. But, but, but I don't want to look it up now because we don't have okay, time to look that right. up. Let's let the record show. Greeny got four out of five, wow. and I feel pretty good mm. about that. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. Okay. So, uh, the usually, I just want you to know is when I will tell you a story that I just want you to know. But today, Hembo has been telling me there is something he needs to tell me about. Yeah. And so, I'm here for you. Let me hear it. And this is a story, Greeny, about my wife. Lizzie. You. And. Wait. Yeah. Her gynecologist. This is a story about my wife, you, and her gynecologist. This is a story about your wife, Lizzie. Correct. It is also about me. Yes. And it is about her gynecologist. <laughs> yes. All right. I really regret this. Let's go back to Rick Barry. Okay. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Tell me the story. So my uh, wife recently had a, an appointment uh, with her gynecologist, in which he, he you know, does, you know, takes a, takes a look under the hood. Okay, you don't have to tell me what he does. I know, what, I know what's going on okay. here. Okay, so, so you understand the circumstances here. So when she gets home from... Under the hood? Is that... Well, I mean, I want to say... All right, go ahead. We are a Disney Go program. ahead. You don't have to get any more d- descriptive than that. Fair enough. So I, you know, when she gets home, I do the obligatory, how did it go thing? Usually it's no news is good news. I'll see him again in six months. Right. But that is not what happened here. I learned, Greeny, that during her examination, the only thing that Lizzie's gynecologist wanted to talk about upon learning her career and what her husband does was you. (laughs) And during said examination... He goes on to tell her how much he likes the old show and how much he watches Get Up. In fact, he's probably listening to us right now. 
So what I say to you is, you have now officially infiltrated every part of my life while my wife is being examined by her doctor whilst telling her, you know, this is a pretty good time for you guys to consider having children. He is talking about you. He is talking about you. And I obviously heard this story in just utter horror, but thought it was important enough to share just to express my frustration. Okay. So, so, okay. I love this story as, as any person with my almost unimaginable ego would, which is to suggest I firmly believe that all people should be thinking about me and talking about me at all times. Even times like these. So I'm not uncomfortable with that. I will say that is a tad odd. Mm. Now, I have never, as I assume you have not, and I'm assuming most men have, I've never accompanied my wife to any of these appointments. No. Now, that, that is, I don't consider that the same as going to, you, we did go to like a consultation right. when we first were decide, made the decision we wanted to have children. And then once she was having a baby, I would attend okay. you know, these appointments. And, and you will someday too, if indeed you're planning on going in that direction. Well, we are now. But the standard, but the, sta- the standard, you know, uh, checkup. Uh, uh, I think that's the right word, procedure? right? Your standard check. No, I don't think it is a procedure. Well, it I think it's a just procedure. a checkup. I think it's just a. It is just a. Um, you know, it's just a checkup. That's all. Yeah, we're just here yeah. to get. It has everything going. We're mm-hmm. good here. Uh, to, to, <laughs> the way you said it, a quick look under the hood, and then we're getting on with our day. Quick, I'm comfortable with that. Just a quick oil change. We need no further. No, not an oil change. We're not calling it that. I don't think anything's getting changed. Right? We're not. We're not changing anything. But but we are just making sure everything is 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 you know copacetic, hunky dory. At that moment, I can't understand why that would not be a time that your <laughs> wife would want to be thinking about me. I do th- that. I do grasp. I do understand why that would be <sighs> something that would cause some level of discomfort. I will tell you, <laughs> my what that immediately makes me think of. My recollection of this. Now, this was not a gynecologist. This was an anesthesiologist. Okay. But when my wife was actually in, we were in the hospital and we were having our daughter, Nikki, our first child. That was uh, a day of, you know, filled with, uh, you know, it's an adventure. Uh, <laughs> that's not the right word. No, it's not. But, you know, it's a, it's a full day. <laughs> that, was a, that was a full day. And my wife was very excited about, not excited is the wrong word, but she was very much anticipating having the... Um, the injection you get in your back to make sure there's no pain. What yep. is that? Epidural? The epidural. There, there, was, there was, some people have natural childbirth. I, I'm not here to judge anybody. She was, we were getting an epidural. I mean, I almost got an epidural. That's how much we were. So the, 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 the anesthesiologist comes in. He's the one who's administering said epidural. And he recognizes me. And he starts talking about the jets. And then he sort of walks out of the room for a minute and he's going to come back and do it. And she grabs me by the shirt, like in a movie, and pulls me and says, you talk to him about the Jets, Michael, (laughs) and you keep him in this room as long as you can. Because, you know, that the anesthesiologist is a very important person in in this time. And as a consequence, I can tell you, he comes back in and I am like, so, how about Wayne Krebet, huh? And we, said, we talked about the Jets until the cows came home, which is a phrase I really regret using in this context right now. All right, that's a good story. I like it. Tell Lizzie I apologize mm. if it ruined her appointment. Uh, I have one minute here to tell you about my friends at 303 Products. Are you looking for professional-level protection for your car's paint, but without the cost that you would pay for a professional detailer? New revolutionary 303 graphene nano spray coating provides just that. 12 months of protection with a simple mode of application. You can do it yourself in no time. 
It leaves your car's finish with insane levels of shine and depth. Plus, the water beating is crazy. Your car will never look better. It also helps to keep your car looking that way longer, too. The level of the layer of protection helps to repel dust and fights off water spotting. Does it by making water shed quickly from the surface and lowering the surface temperature so the water doesn't end up drying on the paint. It's also great to use on your car's glass, wheels, and trim as well. It's now available at Advanced Auto Parts and Pep Boys locations nationwide, where you can learn more by visiting 303radio.com. Do you know the doctor's name? I don't. No, we got to find that out. And we got to shout him out on the show at some point. Oh, no. That's a guy who's got his priorities in order. We'll see you tomorrow on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.